Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. I am James Yarko. Flying solo, unfortunately, Evan Klosky had a last-minute emergency that had to be taken care of and was not able to make it. So we hope everything is all right over there with Evan. We'll get caught back up with him next week, but you can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. So what are the Buccaneers going to do if the Jacksonville Jaguars poach one of their two coordinators for the head coaching vacancy left when they fired Urban Meyer, who they never should have hired in the first place because he was never fit to be an NFL head coach. And he put that on display week after week after week in more than one way. But the Jaguars have reached out to the Buccaneers and they have asked for permission to speak with defensive coordinator Todd Bowles and offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich for their head coaching vacancy. Now, the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that is would Todd Bowles want his second foray into head coaching be at a place that was essentially like the one that he tried to fix in New York and, and did not succeed and was fired from. And on the flip side, would Byron Leftwich, I know he's got a soft spot for the Jaguars. He was their, their first round pick. He was their quarterback for a number of years. Would he want his first head coaching experience to be with a team that appears to be as dysfunctional from the top down as the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes, there are only 32 of these jobs in the world. It is an elite position to have. It is not something that you can, you know, be too picky about, I guess. But ultimately, anyone that takes that job is set up for failure. Now, do you potentially have a franchise quarterback sitting there in Trevor Lawrence? Maybe. We haven't seen enough this year, but is that more on Trevor Lawrence or is that more on Urban Meyer? Um, you, you have an incredible running back in James Robinson, but you also have an unproven, he'll be a second-year player, but also a first-year player, if you understand what I'm saying, in in Travis Etienne, who was injured during training camp and, and has not participated in the season. You have some talent at, at wide receiver as far as, as Marvin Jones Jr. I think he's a very talented receiver, but you have LaVisca Chenault and you have uh, DJ Chark and, and those guys, but this is not Saxonville anymore. Their defense is not good. Their offense is average on their best day. Is that a position that Byron Leftwich or Todd Bowles would want to leave Tampa to go pursue? Now, again, there's only 32 of these jobs, period. And every position coach and every coordinator has the ultimate goal of becoming one of the 32 and winning a Lombardi trophy, right? I truly believe, and David and I have talked about this numerous times on this podcast, I truly believe that there is the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, 
handshake agreement that Todd Bowles is going to take over for head coach for Bruce Arians when Arians leaves. And I do believe that Arians leaving will coincide with Brady's departure. So you're in a situation there where the defensive side of the ball would already know your scheme, but you may be on the hunt for a new quarterback. That was a problem that Todd Bowles had in New York. They would need a quarterback to take over for Brady. Is that Kyle Trask? We don't know. It could be, maybe. But then, you know, there are other guys that are going to hit free agency that you might pursue. There's the trade route always. So it's a situation where Todd Bowles would probably want to stay in Tampa, become the head coach there. And then does Byron Leftwich want to stay with, can Todd Bowles talk Byron Leftwich into remaining offense coordinator, potentially turning down the Jaguars head coaching job and saying, Hey, if we're going to do this after Bruce moves on and after Tom moves on, I need you here. I, I still need you to run BA system. Don't go to Jacksonville. Don't go to Chicago. Don't go wherever. So they've also reached out to Cowboys coordinators, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. Of course, Dan Quinn was the, the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, made it to a Super Bowl there before things completely fell apart for him in Atlanta. Um, so these aren't the only two coordinators that they are pursuing. But you would think that they're probably towards the top of the list in terms of candidates that the Jags really, really want to bring in and, and hope to hire, given the fact that they are now Super Bowl winning coordinators. Uh, Byron Leftwich is calling plays for the number one offense in the NFL. Todd Bowles defense, while it has struggled throughout the year, we saw the capabilities of that of that defense down the stretch last year. We've seen it over the course of the past couple of weeks this year. His ability to get after the quarterback, his ability to make life difficult on opposing offenses is something that's going to be incredibly intriguing, and he has that experience now. He has that experience being a head coach. He knows what went wrong. He knows what went right. He knows what he can change. He's now been on the staff of a Super Bowl-winning team. He knows what experiences to take from there over to whatever job he ends up with. I still ultimately believe that the job he'll end up with is being Bruce Arians' successor once Arians moves on. But we're going to have to wait and see. But coaching, the coaching hunt has officially begun for, for teams. Starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars, we know there's probably going to be five or six more head coaches that get fired the day after the season. Um, Byron Leftwich and, and Todd Bowles are going to be sought out by a couple of different teams, but ultimately it's up to them to make the decision. Just because they're offered a job doesn't mean they have to take it. However, if you get offered it once, you may never get offered it again. Another eye or another name, of course, to keep an eye on is Eric Bieniemy, the offense coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. His name comes up year after year after year as far as this guy should be a head coaching candidate. Maybe this is the year for it. We don't know. But you know, another name to uh, to keep an eye on as a potential uh, competitor for these jobs against Bowles and, and Leftwich. And I know a lot of Buccaneers fans would rather be enemy and Kellen Moore and, and Dan Quinn win out in those jobs over Leftwich and Bowles so that they stay in Tampa. We have more bad news 
out of Tampa coming up in just a moment. But first, it's just about the new year. It feels like we just had Christmas, right? Well, that's because we did, because Christmas and New Year's Day are one week apart. They always have been. So that means that all of you, after all the festivities of last week, for those of you that partake, you're starting to make those New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. We've all had those. They're not, they're not good. They're definitely not built bars. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three, you're probably thinking, this just isn't worth it anymore. Where's my chocolate? Well, they're on built bars because all the built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually runs at about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There are so many flavors to choose from. You know that I'm going to go for the cookies and cream or the peanut butter brownie, but there's coconut, almond, raspberry, salted caramel, mint brownie, many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what's new. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Segment two here of the Locked On Bucks podcast. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. But make sure you check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. But we have more fantastic news coming out of Tampa. If it's not an injury, it's COVID. That is the theme of the week. Y'all are going to be so happy when David's back because I'm starting to wonder if you if you guys are going to blame me. It's like, well, ever since James started going solo, we've had season-ending injuries and we've had positive COVID tests and it's been an enormous mess and we can't score a touchdown and Brady can't find Gronk and it's all James' fault. Well, I hope you don't feel that way, but you know, I, I know my luck and maybe it's just kind of, uh, manifesting. I, I don't know. David will be back tomorrow. So y'all are going to be okay. So Bruce Arians tested positive for COVID. He will not be at the game on Sunday. Uh, head coaching duties are going to be taken over by assistant head coach, Harold Goodwin. Now by doing that, that allows the two guys that we talked about in segment one, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, to focus solely on their coordinating duties. Just worry about calling the game. You know, it's a game that the Buccaneers should win, but you guys focus on calling the game. I'll focus on fourth down decisions. I'll focus on time management. I'll focus on, on personnel, whatever the case may be. You guys deal with your stuff. I'll cover Bruce while he's gone. No big deal. So Harold Goodwin will be the acting head coach for the Buccaneers on Sunday. But 
in addition to Bruce Arians and Mike Evans that we talked about yesterday, testing positive for COVID and being put on the COVID reserve, we're back to losing corners because that's just something the Buccaneers really love doing this season. Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean both tested positive for COVID. Um, so that means you're you're looking at guys like probably, probably Richard Sherman and Ross Cockrell to replace them uh, in the lineup. If Antoine Winfield Jr. is able to play, is healthy, can go, you might see a little bit more of like the Carlton Davis, Richard Sherman duo with the safety trio of Winfield Whitehead and Edwards. We saw early in the year a lot of, of schemes and, and a lot of play calls and, and personnel where Mike Edwards would come in as a third safety, but he would kind of come down into that nickel spot. Uh, sometimes he would just crash the boxes as an extra blitzer from the edge, whatever the case may be. So you may see a little bit more of the safety trio than you would a Ross Cockrell or, or a D Delaney or, or anybody like that. So those, you know, Cockrell and Sherman would be my guess as the likely replacements if Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting don't play. Now we're going to get into the fun stuff because there's all kinds of gobbledygook that's about to come flying at you. But the NFL has adopted the new CDC guidelines. I talked about this on yesterday's episode. The new CDC guidelines came out and I said, are you know, professional sports leagues going to start adopting this as their new philosophy? We've seen a, a ridiculous number of positive COVID tests around the NFL over the course of the last two weeks. We're now seeing it in the National Hockey League where games are getting postponed and canceled. Are they going to adopt the new CDC guidelines and suggestions for isolation and things like that? They are. The NFL announced it on Tuesday that players can return after five days. There's plenty that goes into that. I am now going to read some of the gobbledygook from the release that the NFL sent out to teams, to head athletic trainers, head coaches, GMs, all of that. But this is what it says as far as the return from isolation after testing positive for COVID-19. Quote, players, essential football personnel, and essential support personnel, regardless of vaccination status, will be eligible to return to the club facility and interact with other players and essential personnel when each of the following occurs. Each of the following occurs. Not one or the other or anything like that. Each of the following. Five days have passed since the specimen that resulted positive was collected for a specimen collected on December 27th that results positive, an individual will be eligible to return on January 1st. And at least 24 hours have passed since the individual last had a fever without the use of fever-reducing medications. And other symptoms like a cough, sore throat, things like that, have resolved or improved, and the club's head team primary care sports medicine physician, after consultation with infectious control for sports and notification of the NFL chief medical officer, 
determines that the individual may return to the club facility and interaction with other club employees and contractors and any local regulations or requirements are satisfied. So those are the five bullet points in order to return five days after a positive test. The other hiccup is it is now the 28th. The Buccaneers play on January 2nd. That is five days from now. So theoretically, Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean could play this Sunday against the New York Jets if all of that criteria is met. However, the Buccaneers fly out on Saturday because the game is in, well, it's in New Jersey, but it's at New, at the Jets. In order for them to play, they would have to take a private flight. Now, we know the Glazers have access to a private jet they used to fly in their big-name free agents when they were trying to make a splash on the private jet to woo them on their way to the facility to try and entice them to put ink to paper. So, would the Glazers make that available? Maybe. You never know. But it gives Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting the possibility of being able to play on Sunday. Again, stranger things have happened. The Jets beat the Titans. The Jets beat the Bengals. But the Buccaneers, even without Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin and Levante David and Shaq Barrett and Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean, they should beat the Jets. They should. So I don't know. I don't know if they need Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean on Sunday, but it would certainly make things a little bit easier and a little less stressful. We might be looking at a little bit of a closer game, but possibilities there. But I told you all yesterday, keep an eye out for more positive tests. Once Evans tested positive, you had all those players, Panthers test positive. Did I say players, Panthers, all those Panthers players, whatever it was, they all tested positive the day after the game. So I said, keep an eye on it because there's probably more positives coming the Bucks way. And sure enough, there is. We are going to be wrapping things up here in just a moment by remembering a legend. We'll be right back. Things up here on a Wednesday edition of the Lock On Bucks podcast. James Yarko without David Harrison, hopefully for the last time for a little while. But you can uh, check us out on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at DHarrison82. And we're going to step away for just a moment um, from the world of Buccaneers football. And we, I'm going to take this opportunity because I can, and there's nobody here to stop me. Not that I think David would in this case. Um, we're going to remember a legend. And for a lot of listeners that we have, uh, he was the voice of football for you growing up. I'm going to assume, I know what they say about assuming. I'm going to assume a lot of our listeners are around the same age as David and I. And for those of you that are older, you remember him as a coach. For those of you that are younger, you may remember him a little bit as a caricature. Uh, 
there's you know made famous by frank caliendo's impression who yeah he does such a great job with so many impressions but there's no question that john madden was a legend and just on christmas day they aired a special about john madden and and all the things that he did and contributed um and growing up my love of football began to the soundtrack of john madden and pat summerall and they it, without fail i you know growing up as many of you know for those of you that don't i i live in southwestern ohio uh, I'm a little bit north of Cincinnati, a little bit south of Columbus, kind of right in the middle. So we got a lot of Bengals coverage, right? But there was one thing you could count on. Every single Sunday at 4 o'clock, you were getting the Dallas Cowboys on Fox. And every single Sunday, it was Pat Summerall and John Madden doing the Cowboys games. And, it, and when I was that age, I didn't understand that announcers rotated games. I thought, okay, these are the two guys that just do the Cowboys. They're the Cowboys announcers uh, that, you know, I obviously learned from that. But growing up in an era where I could either watch a Bengals team coached by Bruce Coslett, no thank you, or I could watch the Dallas Cowboys with the triplets, Deion Sanders, Charles Haley, and, and you know, these larger-than-life megastars. I watched the Cowboys. So it was a youth filled with Pat Summerall, you know, guiding the game with his voice, but then John Madden breaking things down and, and you get the chuckles and you get the boom. And for you Bucks fans, John Madden was the voice next to Al Michaels for the Buccaneers Super Bowl win over Madden's former team, the Raiders. And he'll forever be etched in our memories for that. Because who knew if the Buccaneers were ever going to get to that point again? I have the call by Michaels and Madden and the call by Gene Deckerhoff forever burned into my brain from watching that game so many times. And John Madden's ability to have not just knowledge and not just his ability to explain things and he'd bust out his etch-a-sketch and you'd get your circles and your arrows and then all of a sudden it, it turned into something that was indecipherable. But he had so much knowledge that he tried to pass on to the viewers. But his unabashed, unfiltered, just love of football, you couldn't help but fall in love with the sport with him. Hearing that he passed away at the age of 85 on Tuesday morning is going to impact a lot of people. Raiders fans, of course, we all know the famous image of him being hoisted up after they won. But for the millions of kids that were my age growing up and learning the game of football because of John Madden. And then of course there were the football enthusiasts that would roll their eyes because John Madden would constantly explain things that diehard football fans already knew. 
But while he was doing that, he was teaching us and training us on the rules of football, helping us to gain a better understanding of the game from the X's and O's down to penalties and rules. And because of him, millions and millions of people became and stayed football fans. There will never be another John Madden. There should never be another John Madden. He was a unique and wonderful individual that will truly, truly be missed. With that, I bid you all a fair adieu. Thank you to all of you for making Locked on Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is also free and available on all platforms. David will be back tomorrow with a crossover Thursday episode to get the preview against the Jets going. And then he and I will reconvene finally on Friday's episode to give you our keys and our predictions. Check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. We thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.